Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for August the 13th. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. If you are joining me for the first time, this is a gaming news-oriented morning show where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, and I bring it in one tight little package right here for you to enjoy on podcast services around the world live on youtube.com slash samuel adams media wherever you want to take it in you can find the show there and it's always a good time i tend to cover a lot of varied gaming news uh, but not much really happened over the weekend of course it was QuakeCon weekend so a good bit of bethesda oriented news is going to be in this episode so if you're not really into bethesda this might not be the best episode for you to watch but it's still going to be a pretty good one if I do say so myself. First off with the headliner, Bethesda blocked the resale of a secondhand game being sold on Amazon. We'll talk about that situation. I really don't have strong feelings on it one way or the other. It seems to be a bit of making a mountain out of a molehill somewhat. You know, we'll talk about it more. Uh, but on top of that, The Elder Scrolls Legends uh, is uh, in a sticky situation when it comes to the PlayStation 4 release because of crossplay. We'll talk about that a good bit. Escalation Studios is now Bethesda Game Studios Dallas. Doom Eternal has a lot of information packed into this episode. Quake Champions has gone free to play a fantastic game if you have never checked it out. And Game Atsura is covering the fact that Cuphead has sold over 3 million copies nearly a year after launch. Also, Steffi in the chat says good morning. Good morning. And if you want to be like Steffi and watch live, again, this show is recorded live every Every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's news. Bethesda blocks resale of a secondhand game, and it has been updated to the story itself. Uh, legal notice clamps down on sales of new games from unauthorized sellers. And so it's a bit of a sticky situation. Don't read this as Bethesda is blocking the sale of pre-owned games. Make no mistake, that's not what's going on. So with that being established, let's jump into it. Many gamers sell their used physical games, often to supplement spending funds to buy more games. It's true, I do that as well. It's such a big part of the gaming business that almost half of retailer GameStop's profits come from reselling games. But it looks like one publisher, Bethesda Softworks, may be seeking to rein in sales of secondhand games online. They are not. Bethesda recently sent out a notice to at least one seller on Amazon's marketplace who was trying to sell a sealed copy of The Evil Within 2 as new, demanding that they remove their listing. That right there is your entire issue, in total. That letter included a phone number for sellers of Bethesda's games to call, suggesting that the company is sending out such notices to multiple sellers. Philadelphia-based Ryan Hupp recently contacted Polygon to explain how he'd been forced by Bethesda to stop selling his copy of The Evil Within 2. He bought the game but never unwrapped it. He told us he's been expecting to purchase a PlayStation 4 but instead spent his money upgrading a gaming PC. Hupp said he often sells games through the Amazon Marketplace, which works in the same way as the other online trading sites such as eBay. Bethesda's legal firm Voris sent Hupp a letter which he forwarded to Polygon warning that the game must be taken down and threatening legal action for non-compliance. In its letter, Voorhees made the argument that Hupp's sale was by an unauthorized reseller and was therefore unlawful. Bethesda also took issue with Hupp using the word new in selling an unwrapped game, claiming that this constituted false advertising. And so, to summarize the rest of the article, it's false advertising because the warranty isn't there on the product that's being sold whenever you're reselling a game, even if it is new. So, it's a new game, like, by all definitions. It is new, but it's not new to the warranty. So that's kind of where we're at with that. 
Uh, so essentially, Bethesda is taking action against this because the game is technically new. If you really want to break it down, it's a new game by definition, but it just doesn't have all the same bells and whistles, like the warranty, like the coverage from everything else, as a regular game would if you were to buy it through GameStop, Walmart, Target, wherever you get your games. That's the situation that's going on right here. So it's not necessarily what it seems to be. I believe that as many sites tend to do, Polygon was trying to get a good bit of clicks uh, from saying, oh my gosh, Bethesda's blocking the blocking the pre-owned market what could this mean for other it's not going to mean anything it's all well and good so this guy really shouldn't have called the game new i mean i've done that before where i've taken an unwrapped game into a store to be sold and i just kind of sell it as a used game because that's simply what it is it's one of those things where it's like it's new but it's new to me you know where it's just technically not really a new game so bethesda isn't doing anything wrong here uh, to be honest with you they're just kind of protecting not only their uh reputation for selling games but also the fact that they're protecting pretty much the person that would be buying that game saying hey they don't have a warranty if this thing doesn't work then we can't do anything about it because he bought it through tom in pennsylvania wherever (laughs) whatever this guy's name was and where he was from Uh, but overall if you want to buy stuff on the amazon marketplace you can find many many used copies of the evil within 2 it's just going to be opened and not you know listed as new i think that was the real issue and i feel like as well that the guy kind of knew what he was doing ryan hupp probably saw what was happening with the uh with the situation where he listed it as new and it was probably a good bit cheaper as compared to the regular version of the game so he jumped in there and uh and he took advantage of that situation as many people would try and do i mean you might as well sell it as new if it's technically new uh but it's not technically new come on ryan get with the program but that's pretty much the entire story here of course there's more stuff about bethesda to come in today's episode of cabinade but overall that's the main uh big discussion point that a ton of people had this weekend also before we jump into the next story a couple of pieces of news or a couple of pieces of information number one rasm in the chat says hey samuel how's it going hey man what up and also steffi says uh it makes a lot of sense it does it does indeed but the other thing is that i was going to talk about the ninja situation And I'll just hover over this for a moment. I'm not going to talk about this because we live in a society where, especially on Twitter, people are getting into other people's business prematurely or out of, you know, trying to generate likes or retweets or whatever they might want to do. There's a lot of discussion around how other people run their streams, run their lives, etc. I don't want to take part in that. So we're not going to be talking about it. But man, was this a massive thing this weekend. Just as kind of like an agnostic approach to the entire situation, what happened with the ninja this past weekend is that he said in a Polygon interview that he didn't play with women to protect his marriage and to ensure that no kind of drama would be circulated throughout the industry. And this generated, if you go through Polygon's uh, list of articles, you'll see like 10 comments, 8 comments, 15 comments. In 2018, it takes a lot not just to put the comment on social media, but there are 450 comments on the Polygon article and there have been oh my god so many tweets so many commentaries made on social media about this situation i just don't want to i just don't want to dive into it but i did want to let you guys know that if you see anything about ninja over the next few days if you see anything about uh any kind of drama related stuff or renee from mixer uh over here whoo man that's a big big story uh, but overall, uh, we'll have to uh, deal with it as it comes, and we will uh, see exactly what happens whenever more of this situation and more of this discussion does end up coming around. Uh, but overall, let's just jump into the next story of the day. The Elder Scrolls Legends may not release on PlayStation 4 due to lack of crossplay. Now, there were many articles that I could have chosen from, but I like the way that this one actually... Uh, 
pretty much said what they needed to say. Uh, it seems to be very concise when it comes to this one. So this is coming to us from WCCF Tech. Speaking with Game Informer at QuakeCon 2018, Bethesda's Senior Vice President of Marketing and Communication, Pete Hines, suggested that strategy card game The Elder Scrolls Legends may not launch on PlayStation 4 due to Sony's stance against crossplay with other consoles. It is our intention in order for The Elder Scrolls Legends to come out. It has to be those things on any system. We cannot have a game that works one way across everywhere else except for this one thing. The w- that was the worst way he could have possibly said that. The way the game works right now on Apple, Google, Steam, and Bethesda.net, it doesn't matter where you buy your stuff. If you play it on another platform, that stuff is there. It doesn't matter what platform you play on. You play against everyone else who is playing at the moment. So there's no, oh, it's easier to control or it has better frame rate on this system. It's a strategy card game. It doesn't matter. We continue to talk to all of our platform partners, but those terms are essentially non-negotiable. We can't be talking about one version of Legends where you take your progress with you and another version where you stay in that ecosystem or it's walled off from everything else that is counter to what the game has been about. That is our intent and that is our message, not specific to anyone in particular, but to everyone we are talking about. This is 100% clear. This is what we are doing, what we need, and what we intend. So, truth be told, Heinz never directly addresses Sony's console, but he doesn't really need to when PlayStation 4 remains the only platform refusing to allow crossplay with other systems. Will Sony buckle under this pressure? In late June, SIE CEO Sean Layden said the company has listened to feedback on this particular issue and was working and looking into what is possible for them. So, what we have here is pretty much what it seems to be. The Bethesda is holding the Elder Scrolls Legends hostage while PlayStation 4 deals with the fact that it's not really into crossplay, which is kind of crazy to me. Uh, very interesting to see all these big developers and publishers kind of hitting back against what PlayStation is doing, saying crossplay is the future. This is the first year where I think the push has been massive in a way that could actually bring change. Uh, and of course, for those that don't know, Fortnite's the one that really spurred a lot of conversation, but essentially crossplay is not possible in Fortnite, even though it is. Uh, on the Xbox One to PC to Switch to mobile, whatever you want to play on, you can pretty much play with your friends, except on PlayStation 4. And on top of that, they held the accounts kind of hostage, if you will, over at Epic Games, because uh, once you linked your PlayStation 4 account, you couldn't play on other places. And so it was kind of one of those things, uh, but it is what it is. So with this, we see the issues with Fallout 76, which is a large multiplayer Fallout game coming in November. Uh, We see these issues with the Elder Scrolls Legends, where product purchases carry over between platforms it's a big issue uh, and one that is going to benefit the consumer in the long run if they can negotiate their way out of um you know this exclusivity kind of thing that they have going on between different consoles it's a very um it's a very old mindset it's a very uh, legacy mindset if you will it's one that's been around for years where it is xbox versus playstation versus nintendo versus pc whatever you want to call it uh but it needs to end because it's kind of ridiculous so hopefully we'll see some changes come because of the big boys like bethesda saying hey you need to unlock that stuff because that's ridiculous i would love to see changes like that come i think it's well overdue uh, for us to be able to have seamless crossplay between various platforms. I think it's a fantastic idea. So uh, we'll see what goes on. But QuakeCon 2018 did pack a lot of info. And the one thing that I can bring home from this is that Bethesda is not too happy uh, with the way that, as implied, Sony is actually treating their crossplay tactics. Because, man, crossplay is the future, and we need to see it.
we need to see it. But moving on to the next story of the day, Escalation Studios is now Bethesda Game Studios Dallas. Texas-based developer Escalation Studios is now Bethesda Game Studios Dallas. Bethesda Game Studios director Todd Howard revealed during the QuakeCon 2018 keynote address on Friday. Escalation was founded in 2007 by former Ritual Entertainment developers Tom Mustaine and Mark Tardif. It was acquired by ZeniMax Media, Bethesda's parent company, in 2016. It's worked with Bethesda on a number of titles, including The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR, Fallout 4 VR, and Fallout Shelter on the Nintendo Switch. It's now working on key parts of upcoming Bethesda projects, Fallout 76, Blades, and Starfield, Howard said. We've been working with Tom, Mark, and the team at Escalation for a long time. They've already delivered amazing games with us, and we knew we could do bigger things with them. Or, excuse me, and we knew we could do even bigger things together. There we go, said Howard. We are, were honored to join the Zenimax family in 2016, and the team is humbled to now join Bethesda Game Studios, said Tardif. We're thrilled to share the studio's passion and commitment to bringing new and ambitious experiences to some of the industry's most iconic franchises. This is an exciting time for everyone at the studio, said Mustang. We feel a profound sense of pride and excitement to work with the most anticipated games in the industry and can't wait for fans to see what we've been working on. I am very, very excited about what we have going on here with Escalation Studios. Now, in the chat, Steffi says, why isn't this title QuakeCon Recap? It pretty much is. Probably would have been a better option, but you got to bring in those like big, like impactful titles, big, impactful headlines. That's how I do it. Uh, so, with Escalation Studios, it's a fantastic addition. I think that what you're going to be seeing with Escalation is more VR and more mobile. That's pretty much what you're going to be getting. Of course, they are working on Fallout 76, Blades, and Starfield, I would say. However, that you might be seeing kind of VR skews of Fallout 76, Starfield, and Blades. Now, of course, any company that can develop VR and mobile can pretty much develop other stuff as well. You can do little bells and whistles things, and you can help where help is needed. Uh, so I think that it's always it's going to be one of those things where they do a lot of stuff, but with their specialty uh, when it comes to seeing Skyrim VR, Fallout 4 VR, and Fallout Shelter, very successful games all in all. Uh, so we'll see what happens with this, but overall, uh, I am looking forward to seeing what Escalation Studios can come up with, and I think that it's going to be a big benefit to Bethesda in the long run, because whenever you have stuff like Elder Scrolls Blades coming out, which is a massive, uh, pretty much dungeon-crawling RPG in the same vein as Skyrim, in a bit of a smaller package coming to mobile, uh, that's going to take, number one, a lot of manpower to manage, and number two, a lot of development on the back end to keep people coming back to a game that I believe is free-to-play, if I remember correctly. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that, but Overall, incredible news coming out of QuakeCon, and it's good to see uh, that Escalation Studios is now uh, Bethesda Game Studios Dallas. I will say that whenever I first saw this article, I was like, oh my god, is that, uh, is that, um, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, I just, Evolution? Is it Evolution? The ones that do, uh, the ones that do Just Cause? Hold on, the ones that are working on the other game. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta Google real quick. Yeah, Evolution, yeah, I thought it was Evolution. Is it? Hold on, I'm, not, I'm thinking about the other thing. What is uh, Just Cause 3 developer? Professional show, ladies and gents. Avalanche. Whenever I saw that, I thought in my mind Avalanche. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Are we actually getting a, an Avalanche acquisition? And then I realized that would never happen in a million years. But anyways, that was my little aside. Uh, but... If you did want to check out what Escalation Studios is working on, then you can look forward to Fallout 76, Blades, and Starfield. And I would say specifically Starfield to see what they can actually work with whenever they have a lot of time to flesh some ideas out. But who knows how long they've actually been working on projects together before this. Uh, of course, it's been years in the making. So we'll see what happens with this, but very exciting stuff overall. And also in the chat, 
You are such a clickbait sellout. I love it. Indeed, that's one of my best traits. Put that on my Tinder profile and ship it. Doom Eternal has a PvP mode on top of the single-player invasion mechanic. Doom Eternal developer id Software has confirmed that the game does indeed feature a multiplayer mode. Doom Eternal's multiplayer mode will be different from the standard set of modes we got with the 2016 reboot. At QuakeCon 2018, as part of Eternal's gameplay reveal, it showed a glimpse of a new invasion mechanic that allows you to spawn into other players' games as a demon. The new mode, however, is separate from invasions. The mysterious new PvP mode will be very very connected to the single player experience and is going to be very Doom. Doom Eternal executive producer Marty Stratton revealed this tidbit to GameSpot at the show. This mode will replace Snap Map, the suite of tools that allowed players to create a game mode within itself uh, in Doom. It is instead choosing to spend time on multiplayer instead of bringing back Snap Map, which was not a good idea to begin with. We are going to do a lot with invasions along with the PvP component, which we'll likely talk about more down the road, and we're also developing that internally, said Stratton. We're doubling down on things to make sure they're done exactly how we want them to be done and to make sure that they're connected with the campaign. It's all part of trying to make Doom more social. Unfortunately, Stratton couldn't reveal any other details about the mode, but promised more in the coming months. Doom 2016's multiplayer component was one of its less liked aspects. I liked it for the record, thought it was really good. The game featured a uh, excuse me. The game featured a host of traditional multiplayer modes like TDM, CDF, and DM. They weren't really tied to the main game, though you could become a demon from the main campaign by picking up certain power-ups. Let's hope this time around multiplayer will be more original. Doom Eternal does not yet have a release date, but it's coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch sometime soon. Uh, we don't really know a definitive release date, but overall, I think that the multiplayer aspect of the original Doom that came out back in 2016. That's what I like to say. I know it's not the original Doom. Let's all be real here. But Doom 2016, the multiplayer was good. Uh, I thought that it was definitely boiled down, but I don't need a complex multiplayer setting for Doom. I just kind of want to rip and tear, as they say, and destroy some people in multiplayer. That sounds like a fun time to me. So overall, I think that this multiplayer focus going forward is going to be a whole lot more profitable and more accessible and more entertaining than something like bringing Snap Map back. Uh, because quite frankly, no one really needed that. I didn't need a map design mechanic in Doom. Cool idea, just didn't need it. The question that I have here is, when is multiplayer going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch version of the game, if at all? Because, as you'll see in the next, you know, little story we have here, the game is actually coming to the Nintendo Switch on the same day as the other consoles this time around. And on top of that, the Doom that came to Switch later on after the original release getting complicated here, bear with me, uh, did not have the multiplayer mechanic within it. It was just simply the base game, and I think Snap Map was on there as well, but overall it didn't have multiplayer. So, will this work out? What's going to be happening? I'm so interested to see uh, what this does end up shaking down to, especially when it comes to the Switch version of the game. Uh, it's going to be very impressive, but of course, the glory kills that are being talked about in the chat, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, so we'll see what goes on with this, but overall, I think that Doom Eternal looks fantastic. Uh, but it may not look fantastic to you, depending on the frame rates that you do require, especially if you are playing on the Switch. Doom Eternal, to run at 30 FPS on the Switch, likely release same day as the other platforms. Doom Eternal was recently unveiled, and fans are excited. Not only is the game real, it's coming to the Nintendo Switch. Like the first title, the hybrid port will require some downscaling. Its software still aims to hit 30 FPS, though. Can you really aim for anything less? Like, that's just, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel with that one. I mean, let's be real here. That's a bit, hmm. I mean, what are you supposed to aim for, 15? Hell no. Eurogamer recently sat down with the executive producer Marty Stratton and creative director Hugo Martin and discussed some uh, key aspects of the release. First, the duo confirmed that Doom Eternal is planned to release alongside other platforms. Unsurprisingly, Panic Button is working on the port. They handled the original Doom on Switch, along with other prominent games like Rocket League and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Putting the pause button on this one. 
let me say right here panic button is one of the most talented uh teams that handles ports it is amazing to see what panic button can do with doom on the switch with rocket league with wolfenstein 2 very impressive stuff uh they're some of the best in the industry so kudos to them for working on this uh but we're actually working with Panic Button again, but before we made the game and then we brought it to the Switch, and now we are making the game with Switch in mind. It's nice to know the platforms we want to hit up front, said Stratton, so there's pretty much your little quote that you need there. Uh, but overall, it's good to hear that the game is coming to the Switch, but just know that whenever you play a game in handheld mode, when you play the game on Nintendo's hardware, it is going to be a bit of a compromise. I mean, that's truly what it comes down to. I don't like it any more than you do, but the game isn't going to be the same game that you had uh, whenever you're playing on stuff like the PS4 and the Xbox One. It's technically the same game, not the same kind of experience. It's just what it is. It's kind of like when you say, I want a hamburger. At the core of what a hamburger is... It's all the same. It's meat, cheese, a couple of toppings, and bread. So, whenever you go to Wendy's, to McDonald's, to Burger King, to In-N-Out, wherever you might end up going, these are all different variations, and so whenever you play on the Xbox One X versus the original base model of the PS4, it's a different hamburger. When you're playing on the PlayStation 4 Pro versus the Switch, it's a different hamburger. On PC, it's the best damn hamburger you've ever seen in your life. But, overall, I'm excited to see how the game actually is received, and I'm sure that fans will love it a good bit. But also in the chat, Bear says, with him, I'm not sure what that means, but hey, what's up? Uh, so, we will continue on to the next story which is sort of connected to doom in a way but quake champions is free to play forever if you did want to jump in there no more waiting until the full game comes out. It's free to play now and always. Id Software released Quake Champions out of beta and into Steam Early Access a year ago as a revival of its predecessor's arena shooter gameplay. Later, the studio stated that the game would be free to play, but only once the game fully launched. But at QuakeCon today, it announced the title is free to play now and forever. Publisher Bethesda has introduced a free to play trial following E3. If players downloaded the game during that time period, it would remain free for them. Despite a spike of interest following that move, the player count has dipped back down around 3,000 on Steam charts, making the game permanently free to play, could see another infusion of players, but only time will tell, and that's where the story ends off today. Uh, but Quake Champions is free to play. I wanted to mention this here on the show because, quite frankly, it's a great game. Uh, when it comes down to it, it's a really, really quality arena shooter. It's um, very fast-paced, and it takes an additional level of, of I don't know, brain power to really play Quake Champions in the way that it's meant to be played. You kind of learn the maps, uh, you learn the spots, and I think that brings a lot more to it than something like Call of Duty, necessarily. Uh, it's a bit more fast-paced, not really slow and steady kind of thing, but I'm excited uh, to see what goes on with Quake Champions as it continues to evolve. Weirdly enough, though, this isn't like the official big version of the game. It's just free to play now. Uh, so it's not like a full release, really. It's just kind of there, and um, and it's kind of interesting to see that. So overall, if you want to jump in and give Quake Champions a shot, I do believe that it's probably worth it. Now, Steffi in the chat says, I barely made it past the tutorial. So, you know... Maybe it's not for everybody. I'm a big fan of it, though. Uh, however, if you want to jump in and give it a shot, free to play. I mean, if it's free, you might as well go ahead and dive in. That's, you know, sure, why not? Uh, so, if you did want to do that, you can check it out on Steam. Uh, Bethesda Net, I believe, as well. But uh, it's free to play right now. If you got the version at E3, uh, whenever it was free, you got some kind of, like, pack of heroes or some 
microtransaction Eve bullshit anyways. Uh, moving on to the final story of the day. Cuphead sells over 3 million copies nearly a year after launch. Studio MDHR announced in a blog post yesterday that Cuphead has sold over 3 million copies since launching on the Xbox One and PC in September of last year. This is another notable milestone for the studio, especially since the game initially sold over 1 million copies just two short weeks after its release. The short blog post goes on to highlight some other memorable achievements for Studio MDHR, like announcing the DLC The Delicious Last Course and having Cuphead be part of Summer Games Done Quick 2018. The studio also explained it would be busy putting pencils to paper to prepare for the DLC, mentioning in the blog it still has a couple little tricks up its sleeve before the end of 2018. So, if you were looking forward to more Cuphead, then you've got a lot to look forward to. It sounds like they're getting back to work, uh, bringing more content to the game, and I think that's good because I know a ton of people that love, love, love Cuphead. And uh, we will continue on covering what's happening with Cuphead. But 3 million is a lot of dough. You know, that's a lot of copies sold. Very, very cool uh, stuff like that. So if you did want to jump in and check out what Cuphead is bringing to the table, it's normally on sale. It's on Xbox One. It's on Windows 10 PCs. You can get it on Steam. Uh, Thank God it's not tied to the Windows Store because that thing is abysmal. Uh, But it's cool to see. I've watched a lot of it. Never played it. Uh, Not really one that I think is going to lend itself to the kind of games that I enjoy playing. Uh, But it's going to be very cool uh, to see a lot of people rage, as Steffi says in the chat, on Twitch, on Mixer, on Facebook. Whenever new DLC comes out, that absolutely hits it to them hard. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Also, I want to go back and clarify. Sammy, a hamburger doesn't have cheese. That's a cheeseburger. You're right. I apologize. But that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinated. If you did enjoy today's show, be sure to follow me over on Twitter at PrettyChillGuy to keep up to date with all of the shows that come down the pipe live and otherwise. Of course, I have a ton of videos that I upload to YouTube throughout the week, and an episode of The Drop is dropping today at noon Eastern time, if I remember correctly, uh, talking about the new games that are coming out this week, if you did want to look forward to that. That's pretty much my bread and butter. I love doing the reporting stuff, and I hope you have enjoyed today's show. And if you happen to be new, be sure to click that subscribe button below the YouTube channel, or if you did want to head over to a podcast service of your choice and subscribe over there and leave me a rating or some some hearts or whatever these platforms do these days to get you to interact with the creator you can do that Uh, but i appreciate you guys watching hanging out having a good time i hope you have a fantastic rest of the day and i'll be live tomorrow morning at 7 a.m eastern time for another round of caffeinated and of course i might be live on another platform in between there you never know with me i'm always out there doing weird stuff you never you never know ah you know just You know, doing stuff like that. But anyways, uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.